This is John Walton, and you're listening to the Power Play Point Podcast with the Blue Liner on Point and Anna Knox. Here's Wilson, and on the right side, Welcome once again to the Power Play Point Podcast. This is your host, the Blue Liner on Point, talking to you, well, uh, live, but not to tape. A um, bit of a different way of doing things. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the Mermaid is off this week, so uh, joining us once again, as she always does in her more than capable role as co-host, uh, temp- t- pro-tempore, uh, is the wonderful uh Super fan from Myersville, Maryland. It is C4, Cheryl Ann Forster. Cheryl Ann, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I could be a little better. I had the Caps won the other night, but oh, all in all, that's not pretty good. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> I get that. Um, not, uh, yeah, th- things aren't looking not- good, but we'll, I mean, <sighs> They, they could be worse. And look, we'll we'll explain it all uh, for everybody that might be hiding behind the, the dark cloud. But before we get really into the show, I just want to remind everybody that uh, Power Play Point podcast is the only Caps fan made podcast that melts in your mouth and not in your hands. <laughs> uh, so this week, as I said, we're doing things a little bit differently. Um had to kind of uh, switcheroo the schedule around a bit because of uh, some um, availability, shall we say. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this in podcast format, uh, we're actually doing uh, the show live through the Sports on the Hill podcast, courtesy of uh, Robbie Gross, who is uh, actually in the background in a producer's role at, at this time, but he'll be jumping on with us um in in a little bit to kind of guide us through everything so a little bit compacted this week so we're going to need to get everything fairly quickly so hopefully we don't leave anything out but um, we're going to cover the games as we as we normally do and provide some commentary as we normally do um i guess uh the only thing to do is rip the band-aid and just get get off into it uh well well we'll start the uh we're gonna go Real fast through the Calgary game, because uh, last week, if you caught sports on the hill, um, Cheryl and I, Cheryl Ann and I and Robbie uh, all did kind of a watch along of the third and final period uh, only. Actually, it was I was at the game. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were (laughs) at that game. That's why you're here. Or part of the reason why you're here, because you're going to provide us with some special commentary on that uh, because of that. And you've also provided some uh, video footage, which unfortunately, if you're again, listening to this in podcast format, you cannot see. Um, so hopefully you've had a chance by now, you on the other sides of the speakers, the earbuds, what have you to catch the sports on the Hill edition, the live stream edition, be you on Twitch mm-hmm. or Facebook. 
Um, but uh, yeah, let's get into it. It was the uh, uh, the first win of the season for the Caps, and it was against the Flames. And um, yeah, it was uh, well, it was uh, another slow start for the Caps. Uh, they fell behind quickly, two nothing, um, and then uh, things started to pick up. About I want to say halfway through the game. Um, okay, yeah. so let's let's see if the it app... was about halfway through the second they started picking up. Okay, um, yeah, and um, yeah, thank you, uh, Cheryl Ann, for keeping me straight. Cause yeah, this okay. So this app is not very big on um, past Previous games, games. Unfor- unfortunately. I've sort of figured it out. Um, hold on. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of messing around with this. and Yeah, yeah oh, it- here we go. Completed games. I've, okay, so if you go under schedule and you just kind of scroll down, you'll come to completed games. And then we can click on the 16th and it'll give you all of that. Okay, so, I've got it. I've got it yep. now. Yep. I've got it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I know we, uh, bad mouth the app pretty badly, but, uh, to their credit, they've, uh, actually made some improvements to this thing. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to mention that I'm sure the evil commissioner, Gary Bettman had nothing to do with that because he probably doesn't know doodly beans about how these things work. Um, so <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, as I said, the, uh, the flames jumped ahead, uh, two nothing by the time the first period was over. And then, uh, things picked up about, uh, as Cheryl Ann said, about uh, a little past the halfway point of the game, Matthew Phillips, uh, brought the caps within one with his first ever NHL goal against the team that drafted him and never really gave him a chance uh, against the team that literally threw him in the garbage bin. Mm-hmm. And never gave him a chance. And uh, as a fellow podcaster uh, uh, said in her show, um, we'll gladly take uh, uh, your Calgary Flames uh, refuse and, uh, yeah, take take advantage of your mistakes and pick up players you don't think are ready. And, uh, and uh, well, what was also said was that, uh, ironically enough, was that the person who assisted on the goal, Sonny Milano, is also a Flames reject. Ha ha ha. So, let's try and do that. Ha ha on you, Calgary Flames. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for your garbage. But yes, sweet saucer pass. As I said last week, uh, some cookie sauce from Milano over to Phillips, and uh, he puts it away for his first of the year, 650. Um, and then later in the period, Connor McMichael tied it up with his first of the year, assisted by Phillips again and John Carlson on a nice kind mm-hmm. of a changeup shot. I, uh, I yeah, want to call it, it now that we're talking about uh, base. We're talking a little bit about baseball playoffs in the middle of baseball playoffs, uh, ties it up at two. And that's how it would end. And it would go to the dreaded skills competition. Uh, and uh, more on that later, but it would go to the dreaded skills competition. And uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov does what he does, uh, amazingly enough, and uh, was actually the only one who who scored. Um, okay, yeah. so um, all right. So if you're um, live with us on Facebook or and or Twitch um, and catching that feed, uh, what Robbie has done 
is collected um, C4's live video from the game. And uh, so what we're going to do is uh, watch along right now the replay of the winning shot in the uh, the penalty shot series um, in the hmm, skills competition. Um, so, uh, Robbie, go ahead and roll it. All right. There you go. Okay. So, Kuzi takes his position behind the center line and stops a little bit and then picks up the puck and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. They call it the Kuzi crawl. Checking my watch. Shoots and scores. <laughs> yeah, it got right in there. Yep. Uh, yeah. Definitely right, right in there. Yep. Yeah, so you can actually. Uh, right shoulder. Cool we can right slow it down right. here. If you do, if you, yeah, if we'll you do a little, a little coach's clicker for us, uh, Mr. Gross. Yeah, so we can see here you got all the crazy movers. Maneuvers back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then up there, just up and over. Beautiful goal. Up and over the stick hand of uh, Jacob Markstrom. And thus winneth the game for the Capitals. And uh, I don't think, I, I think Kuzi has only actually missed once. And I think that was in preseason. Yeah. That was in the, Detroit, that was in the game against he... Detroit at preseason. He missed that one. Well, he has missed one using the this speed up thing because I know it's not perfect, you know. But in yeah. in re, in the regular season, but now he actually has the best shootout record on the team, and that's crazy when you think you had somebody like T.J. Oshie on the team, who if people remember from the Olympics was you know famous for doing this, uh, and in the end won a very important game for uh, Team USA because of that, and um, that was before he was even a capital, um, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, but it's crazy that uh, Kuzi is so good at it. And it's also funny that Ovi is so bad at it. I always feel like Kuzi should teach Ovechkin how to do this crazy maneuver. I feel like Ovi could do it, you know. Um, and uh, it'd be funny if or, – or Nicholas Backstrom, I thought, it could be really good at being oh, shifty better, with the puck. Yeah. So uh, I feel like he needs to start doing a clinic on how to do this move and <laughs> uh, see if some of the other – Yeah, but then everybody it. would do it and then they'd figure it out. So uh, eventually, but they haven't figured it out yet. And I, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to at least try to have a second player do it, especially because no one would ever see that coming. Yeah. You know, like Nikki doing the koozie. Like, that, <laughs> okay. That's fair. Know. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So it'd be a good change up. So anyway, I'll, I'll stop the screen share there, but um, great footage uh, by C4. And we definitely covered that whole game live on sports on the hill podcast last week. That's why I didn't have a whole lot to add uh, to that one, but um, it was cool because C4 was able to send that to us live on air and we were able to cover it at the end of the show. So um, kind of fun that we uh, and Gil was able to cover uh, the shootout as well uh, in that next segment. So it's been a lot of fun having C4 and Gil on Sports on the Hill podcast. And I want to congratulate Gil and Anna. Um, 
for being recognized as one of uh, the uh, top um, hockey podcasts in our area. Uh, it's been fun to watch this whole entire process grow here and this podcast partnership. Um, and, uh, you know, we on Sports on the Hill podcast talk about all the DC sports teams, although I really do consider it a hockey podcast. I know that it's, it's tough because we're also a football podcast and we do share even time to both. But, um, you know, the Capitals have always been a big part of why Carol and I started the show was to do a show that would cover both. Right. Not just one or the other. And uh, so it's been fun to watch the rise of the Capitals, our podcast and also, you know, the, the Stanley Cup winning you know, season as well. So uh, it's been a a fun road and now we get to hopefully witness greatness with Ovechkin who's been struggling so far um yeah yeah, this season and that's gonna be my segue into Gil being able to talk about some of the next couple of games uh yeah and uh so much has been made of uh his struggles but uh it's it's as he uh correctly put it it's not just his struggles but uh the team's struggles as well um, so on to the next game, which was, um, well, really bad. Let's not sugarcoat it too much. Um, if, if, if at all, it was on to, uh, well, over the border onto, uh, the capital of Canada, uh, Ottawa against the senators. And, um, yeah, these senators, uh, uh do a lot more than talk and filibuster. Uh, they put a six spot on the capitals and, um, John Carlson was the only uh, one who answered, but uh, yeah, it didn't take long for the senators to uh, get ahead in this one. Vladimir Tarasenko, who they signed as a free agent over the summer, uh, his second of the year jumped, uh, jumped out to a one nothing lead. Um, if you happen to have the app in your possession and you're able to see the replay, uh, it kind of sort of starts with um, a very, very, very bad attempt at a zone exit, which this team has been very, very, very bad at doing. Um, and uh, Rasmus Sandin just tried to, I don't know, well, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was trying to apparently take the puck uh, past two Senators attackers, and that didn't work, and that quickly um, turned into a turnover and, uh, Tarasenko ended up with it in front of the net, put it away, one, nothing. And, uh, sends were off and running. Uh, Josh Norris, uh, made it two, nothing eight minutes later, almost exactly. Uh, and that was the winning goal. Josh Norris had himself one hell of a game. He, he would go on to score another goal. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was, it was just all kinds of bad from there on, just not, I mean, better shout, shout, uh, shot output, uh, 24 on goal for the caps. Um, power play was anemic again, although they only got two chances. Um, just nothing, nothing real good about this game. Um, it just, after that mm-hmm. first goal, you just kind of see mm-hmm. everything just deflate. And, uh, yeah. y- you know what it was? Yes, it was a bad game. Another telltale sign of a lot of that a lot of what's wrong with this game, but as for the purposes of this episode, uh, cause we don't have a whole lot of time and, and this season, to be honest, uh, we're just going to draw a line through this game because, well, for one thing, uh, you got to remember the senators are an improved team. They are a better team than they were last year, much better, uh, than a lot of people think, uh, they're actually going to, in my mind anyway, contend for a playoff spot. I would not be surprised if they finish in one of the bottom three spots in the Eastern Conference. So uh, to underestimate the Senators, especially after pickups like 
uh, Vlad Tarasenko over the offseason, which gr- have greatly improved their team. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some underrated goaltending, I think they have in Anton Forsberg. Um, not a team to take lightly anymore. And if you do so, you're at your, it'll be at your peril, obviously. Um, so uh, that combined with the ca- fact that the Caps are still learning everything on the fly. There's still a team that is trying to put things together. Um, so, you know, I, I, something they need to do about these slow starts, uh, about getting out of the gate a lot quicker and sticking to their game, but they're, they're slowly, but surely figuring it out. But I don't think we should waste too much more time on the Ottawa game because, well, we all saw it. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, but you know, I'm I, actually happy I didn't see it. Yeah, most of it. You, too, so. you really didn't miss much <laughs> other than um, it was a replay of pretty much a replay of the Penguins game. Yeah. Um, after well, it, was, it wasn't it the second game that Ovi was held without a shot. Yeah, yeah, and that's, which is was rather concerning to me because when at the Calgary game there were several times it looked like he was almost like a step behind the play. There were t- chances like the puck would come to him and he would like, it was like, I don't know if he didn't see it or if it just got by him, you know, he just seemed to be a step behind in that game for most of the game. And I didn't see Ottawa. So I don't know if it was any different there. It it was, it was more, it was more of the same. Um, I will say he looked a lot better in the Montreal game. Yes. Yes. And that that's actually the game we're going to feature this week. Um, that is cover uh, more in depth. So let's just go ahead and jump to that one. Um, ironically enough, um, despite how good the caps would look in this game for most of the 60 minutes, I think um, mm-hmm. it was yet another slow start. Um, most of the first period, I would say, um, I, I wouldn't say they dominated play, but they looked, they looked okay. They looked like they were keeping up. They looked like they were at least getting chances. Um, they ended up with 12 shots on goal for the first period. Just, you know, kind of a little bit of a puck luck thing was what Joe B and, uh, locker kept, uh, referring to, right. uh, but then came the first penalty of the game, um, or one of them anyway, or at least the first uh, shorthand chance uh, of the game for the Caps. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, penalty kill has also been one of the things that have not gone very well for our Washington Capitals this year. Um, Sean Monahan puts it away, assisted by Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Uh, remember that second name, uh, 1855 on the power play. Um some would be of the opinion that um, Kemper didn't react well to it. Um, I would disagree. From my vantage point, it was more like Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Nick Jensen both missed their assignments in front of the net. Uh, Monahan yes. was in a great position, um, almost all by himself in front of the net to deflect it past Kemper. And um, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't think any of, well, they only scored three and I don't think I'd put any of the three on Kemper, but that first one, I think it was a pure deflection that just got by him. The first one for sure. I would not put on uh Kemper at all, but I didn't uh, get as good a look at the second one. So 
Yeah, I, I, it was not. Yeah, it was, it was just a bad coverage assignment by the defenseman. And yeah, they, they, they were again. Now the team was just out of sync and just not doing, you know, what they, what they needed to do. And the coverage just wasn't there. And that's, that's how scoring chances are created. You got to minimize that. That's the defense's job is to minimize those. They didn't do their job. So. Instant one nothing. Caps go into the uh, first intermission down. Second period. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, his first. This one, this one, I really didn't like. You could make the case if you see the replay that little bit of goaltending interference. The refs decided not to call it. Um, we're not going to waste too much time on this, but who boy did the refs uh, involve themselves? Well, a little bit more on that later in this game, but uh, this one started uh, this. And this has been a pet peeve of mine, but um, Hardy Hum and Octel was inserted into this game over Lucas Johansson and Alex Alexiev in in the uh, bottom pair of the defense in this game. Um, and uh, Monahan, um, I, I think it was uh, yeah, it was Monahan who uh, rushed up the right wing with the puck, got around uh, Hum and Octel who is uh, supposed to be a superior along the boards, but basically Monahan pretty much danced around him. Uh, Haman Octel did this stupid looking kind of reach move. And then kind of, you know, I don't know if he thought he was uh, playing the part of the karate kid or something, did this bow and just, Oh, okay. Buy your lead and goes right past him. And then there was a scrum in front and Koozie uh, was supposed to pick up uh Gallagher, um, who was literally crashing the net and, uh, didn't. Uh, so again, I would say that was more on the skaters, uh, versus Kemper. Although again, it could be argued that Kemper could have gotten a better, better angle on that one. But, uh, again, uh, you, you have, the skaters have to minimize the, uh, the scoring chances they didn't. So here we go again, uh, even strength goal about halfway through the second and, uh, caps again are down uh, to nothing um, with a lot left to play. And uh, yeah, doom and gloom and all that. And, uh, caps kind of didn't really look good. I think they went into a funk uh, for uh, probably the next, well, the rest of the period at least yeah. um, and most of the third. Um, but they did, uh, they did ca- uh, come alive or rather uh, Dylan Strom would um, scoring not one but two goals in the in the third period his first one um was assisted by alex ovechkin oh and by the way uh ovechkin that's his second point so for all the complainers uh he does have two points this year i know we expect him to score goals but he does have two points in three games so he is contributing, maybe not what we're used to seeing, but he is contributing at least. And Matthew Phillips with the secondary assist on that one. Uh, I'm going to jump to the replay and see what I can see here. Um, well, I would have if there's not this ad for a lovely Chev- Chevy Silverado truck that uh, hmm, apparently can tow up to 36,000 pounds of, uh, oh, and it's got a 13.4 diagonal touchscreen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me about, uh, uh, let me win the lottery about five times and maybe I can afford one of these, um, right on a, on a, on a good payment. Um, yeah. Okay. Made by Chevrolet. Like I didn't know that. Okay. Here's the replay. And so Strom, uh, 
Okay. So Ovi kind of starts to play in the corner and he goes towards the net. He looks like he's going to shoot, sees Strom open on the right wing uh, about 10 feet out, flips it to Strom and he puts it away into the half empty net. And uh, great play by Ovi to, to find him to not, to not shoot. And uh, so that's, uh, that was the, uh, that was the goal that got them back into the game. And then, okay, so, and the app has decided to be stupid again. Okay, so I am, what I'm now trying to do is go to the penalty summary because that's when the game started to get a little wild, penalty-wise. And, mm-hmm, okay, so, oh, here. Summary. Uh, okay, I've got it now. I've got it now. Okay, okay, okay. I've got it. Um, okay, so um, in the third period alone, there were one, two, three, four, five, six minor penalties called by the referees. Six. One, two, three, four, five, six, as in two hands. You got to use two hands to count it all. <laughs> Thank you, C4. Um, you want to know how many of these minor penalties were against the Capitals? Five of them. Five. <laughs> and how many of those ended up being five on threes? Three of them. Oof. Yes. So the Capitals found themselves Four. at one point having to kill off a back-to-back five-on-three power play chance. Two. Yeah, it was two of them. Two, of two them. power play chances that were a five-on-three disadvantage for the capitals um again i'm not gonna i don't want to waste a whole lot of time complaining about the refereeing but my god did they let a lot go and then decide to inject themselves into the game this is the kind of garbage that gets you fired from a normal job when you decide to do your to not do your job and then decide to do your job badly that's all i'm going to say about that but it started at 302 with a uh, hominoctel octel uh, minor fer- interference. And then, like I said, it got really stupid after that. The worst penalty, uh, I I mean, this could not have been more obvious, was the one to Tom Wilson um, where he got called for the trip where he didn't, he barely even touched the person. He didn't even person. touch him. And his argument was the guy fell down because he touched the puck. And if you see the replay, if you've seen a replay on this, he's right. There's there is almost zero contact, zero interference that warranted any call, but it put the caps down five on three. And um, I just I can't believe that there was four penalties called within five minutes of playing time from three oh two to eight oh two. Five minutes yeah. of playing time, four penalties called against us. I mean, and again, there's yeah. only one explanation for that, and it's the fact that the, the refs felt like they weren't a part of the game and they injected themselves into it. And you know, when when you do that, it affects the outcome in a negative way, and you can't do that. Some I don't know, either call it call it the way you called it in the first two periods or I, I don't know, but it's something 
something has to be done. But uh, I, I just want to throw this out there. Bo Halkidis was one of the referees. And I, I got to say, he's got to be one of the worst in the league right now. Because I remember another game where he was calling phantom penalties against the Capitals. And it was just it just gotten ridiculous. So uh, once again, here here he's doing it again. And uh, so I, I just want to point that out. Um, because I I don't think not is, enough not enough scrutiny falls upon the refs. But anyway, see one of the refs at the Calgary game because there was one where Oshi was the guy that got interfered with, but they called the penalty on Oshi. And then there was another one where Cadre literally pulled Kuznetsov's stick out of Kuzi's hand, and they called the penalty on Kuzi. Uh, he was not. He was actually not. Okay. Um, but I was going to say it would not have surprised me, but no, he, he was not. Um, but uh, so uh, with uh, all, almost two minutes left in the game, Dylan Strom uh, ties it up. And let me punch up the replay for that one. Um, are we going to get a commercial? Oh, yes. There's a lovely. Right, well, while, you, while, you're do, while you're doing that commercial break, I just want to give a quick scoring <laughs> update to the people that are doing a live watch along with me. Texas just scored four runs in this game seven of uh, the American League uh, championship game. So they blow up a what was a four two a lead now has become an 8-2 lead uh, at the top of the fourth inning with two outs. And so if you're watching live on Twitch, you can see a uh, live scoreboard uh, of this game. Uh, and we are currently rooting against the uh, Astros. Uh, the Astros did finally get their third out, but not until four runs of damage were done. So, And now you can go uh, to your hockey highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, by the way, Chevrolet, I want a big fat check, and I want it in dollars, not francs. Um, (laughs) anyway, anyway, so, uh, okay. So firing up the actual replay here. Uh, all right. So this it's uh koozie. Ah, okay. So koozie's the one that made this play and for a lot of crap he's gotten, uh, again, I, I think he's, uh, well, he won the shootout and now there's this play. So he starts on the right wing and does his, one of his patented wraparound moves, like he's going to shoot. Uh, but instead of shooting, he actually tossed it in front of the net. Um, and it was actually TJ Oshie that was camped out in front of the net. And it looked like it was going to go to him. He missed it. And then um, Strom is, was the late man sneaking up um, on the wing and picked it up and fired it into the net for the game tire. And then do more of that. And then off we go to <laughs> overtime. And yeah, they, there needs to be lesson learned uh, needs to be a lot more fluidity a lot more movement a lot of nice things like that and um, yeah there's just not not yet um a lot of a lot of um i i don't know maybe uh legs not sea legs not getting there i, I don't know what it is but yeah. um but yeah c4 just like you said not needs to be more of that perfect example of how when they put their talents together they can get it all together and, you know, do what they can do. So uh, we're all going crazy. And then they push it to overtime. And as much good as Strom uh, did. Oh, boy. Um, Okay. So, yeah, 40 seconds and it's over. Uh, Cole Caulfield, as I mentioned before, he got the assist on the Canadians' first goal. Um, He gets the game winner on this one. But it all started on a uh, an extremely botched line change. Um, yeah. 
So let me set, I don't, I don't need to see the replay. I'm still seeing it in my head. Um, so let me set the stage for everybody. Uh, Caps were attacking. It's three on three, of course. And they had been, this, the shift had been out there for about 40 seconds. So the, that's, that's about average time for any shift, especially in overtime, because you're covering more ice. Um, and uh, they didn't get a shot on goal, but they were threatening. And it was time for the line change. And Strom is kind of caught between, okay, do I forecheck? Do I go to the bench for the change? And he made a motion like he was going to the bench. He took two strikes to the bench and then suddenly turns around and decides to forecheck the Canadian's defender and then turns back around. And by that time, um, they'd gotten it out of their zone and sprung Caulfield for um, the almost breakaway shot on the left wing, uh, lifts it over Kemper's uh, right pad. And yeah, all she wrote game over um caps come away with the um price is right loser point loser, loser. and um uh, we're all ticked off but as i mentioned on twitter um it's a moral victory for the caps because you gotta you gotta celebrate their grit and their their approach to the game once they got down to nothing. And I, for one was proud of how they stuck to it, even though they, it did look like their energy was sapped towards the energy of uh, the end of the second period rather. Uh, But they did kind of, you know, find it within themselves and sucked it up and, you know, did what they could. And uh, I especially liked, even though the botched line change, I know I did like, really like the fact that Strom took it upon himself to kind of carry the team. And mm-hmm. I, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view, they're going to need more of that, a lot more of that, uh, because you can't outskate father time, as has been said. And maybe, you know, it's been called into question, but maybe just maybe Ovi's finally fe- feeling his age. I don't know. I don't want to say that, but it sure looked like that the first two games. So if they can, the caps can find other sources of offense, other players that can carry the team. And yeah, Ovechkin's not going to carry the team. I don't think anymore. I no. think he can still no. be a very important cog in this, you know, wheel or if you will, you know, but I, it's, it's going to take more of a team effort than it has in the past. And to be honest, they owe him that, right? You know, yes. he carried the team for so long. You know, it's it's time that some of these players, you know, help, you know. Yeah, next the man up, and, step know. up, get the job done, you know. Because I think that it'll open up a ton of opportunities, you know. Yeah. If, if other players start playing well, then they're going to play off of Ovechkin. And then, you know, if you give Ovechkin time and space, he can still score. So, like, you know, and so, like, but I think that you can't just assume that he's going to score. I think that that's the big difference. So. Right. And, yeah. and unfortunately, I think uh, even more so than the defense, um, my, my friend Doug Lucerarian has pointed this out multiple times. Uh, it, the, the What's hurting the Caps really this year is their lack of secondary scoring. Um, right. and you know, they, they signed patch over the, uh, over the summer, but he's not going to be ready for another month at least, um, is, is, know. is what I'm hearing. And, uh, we don't even know how effective he'll be, but on paper right now, he's probably the only threat. Um, but 
yeah, they're, otherwise they're just going to have to find it. Now, let, let's do a really fast review of these these three, uh, well, the, all the four games, really. So you had the home opener, the opener where they fell behind against Pittsburgh, but played really well to begin with, but fell flat. Um, carbon copy in the Ottawa game, their first road game. So they're, the other two games where they did get a point. Carbon copies of each other as well. They started really well, didn't quite get the result, fell behind, came back, and uh, pushed it to overtime, and in the first case, a win. So, you know, it's it's hard. It's really, really hard to judge this team right now. And I, I get that, okay, three points in four games. I get that. Not what we're used to. But towards the end of last season, we did say a lot. There's a something of a mini rebuild going on, regime change, coaching change. Nothing's going to be like it was. It's going to take some time. So if you're if you're on the ledge, please come off of it and realize it's going to take some time. You need to study how the game actually plays out so you'll know, you'll be able to see the difference between now and hopefully maybe April when they look more like a team that's in sync. But I really, you know, I kind of like, and I would throw Strom into this group, but if you look at the Calgary game in in particular, you know, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the Mott the Hoople song. All the young dudes carry the news. And um, it's great to see that because all they, it proves all they needed was a chance. They're getting the chance and they're, they're doing, they're making mistakes but they're getting the chance and and good things are happening. And there's still, I've noticed still some habits that need to be broken. You know, you still have a few players once in a while, they carry the zone and the, they carry the puck into the zone and stop skating. You know, they've got to, I've noticed that not as much as it used to be, but you can still see it every once in a while. They'll get the puck in the zone. They stop skating. They look for the next man. Instead of crashing into the net, shooting the puck, somebody said it on one of the chats. We need more of that speed on the shot. It's like we're taking too long to set up the shots. I put it again. That's something that we've done in the past. There's passing, 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 passing. And on, by the time we shoot it, the goaltender's ready for it. You know, the defenders are ready for it. So. But again, I'm not panicking. This is four games, okay? We've played four games, people. There are 70-odd, but 82 in the season, so what, 78? Yeah, 82 games in the game, so there's 70-something left, right? Right. A long season, people. We're going to be fine. Even if we don't make the playoffs, and I truthfully don't think we're going to see the playoffs for a couple more years, we're going to be fine. Absolutely. Real real quickly, I hate to cut us short, but we are uh, at the end of our our time. I just want to give the uh, upcoming games real fast just to get those in on um, Gil's and my show. We've got Toronto at six o'clock on Tuesday. It's a nationally televised game. That's why it's a little earlier. So it doesn't compete uh, with a game seven um, baseball game, uh, which actually is necessary now. But we'll talk about that in the baseball segment in a little bit. Um, Also, 
I was wrong with the scoring update, but I'll get into that in, in a in a future segment. But it was only two outs; it wasn't three. Uh, so uh, in the baseball game, uh, they're still um, you know playing uh, right now. Um, I did miss the the final score of that inning. Uh, but the upcoming games again: Toronto six o'clock, and then we go at New Jersey the next day on Wednesday at seven thirty, and then Friday, so one day off, and then we have Friday versus Minnesota at seven. And I'll then, be at that game. Nice. And then Sunday, October 29th, uh, San Jose. It's a five o'clock game. It's a matinee game on Sunday. So um, this is a big week. I'm kind of happy that there's a condensed schedule. Let's see what we got What we got from our guys. And this will be the real test, right? You know, and oh, yeah. Not some a lot quality, of and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some quality uh, competition there, especially Toronto. So, uh, yeah, um, going to be going to be real, really interesting to see how they adjust. Yeah. Um, I think Minnesota might be uh, tough too. Yeah, they, they, I, think I think they've so. been playing pretty well so far. So, well, so, yeah. so next week we can uh, dedicate a little bit more time, and we'll recap all four of those games. Oh, and I, I, I hate to cut it short, but I do uh, have a football segment that is coming up. <laughs> but I really, Gil, I appreciate doing this with you and being uh, part of an abbreviated, um, you know, power play point podcast. But you can always preview these four games in an addendum segment if you need to as well. Absolutely. And uh, Robbie, thanks. Uh, thanks once again for uh, helping us out in in uh, in uh, something of a pinch and uh, hosting us uh, again and, uh, you know, been there for us. Uh, I, I don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for that. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wind it up here as we um, segue into the next week. Um, so for Robbie Gross and C4, Cheryl Ann Forster, this is the Blue Liner on Point signing off and reminding you that... Don't laugh, Robbie. <laughs> um, I put another uh, food item on the market. It's a combination laxative with alphabet soup. I call it Letter Rip. Hallelujah, and let's go Caps. Let's go Caps. Let's go Caps. This has been another episode of the Power Play Point Podcast. All episodes are available from Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, blueliner77.podbean.com, and now available from Stitcher. Music by Joe McAllister, voiceover by Jeffrey Conkle. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Power Play Point Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>